Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you adoration. We thank you for today. Mabo Sindiria Baba Basakan Dayaba. Me Papa Sindiria Panse Kanta Kayaba Shantaha. Me Bo Sindiria Basahan, Deria Bashekanta Riaba. Deria Babo So Ponteria Baba Sindiria Baba. In the name of Jesus. find the gold that is in us. May it come to burn the ashes that are within us. Like hammer, let it come to break anything that has hardened itself against your word in your life. And like honey, let it come to sweeten any life here that is in pain or in sorrow. We know that as we have come, we are not living here the same because you minister to each and every one of us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seat. This morning, I'm going to share with you on a topic, exploits of wisdom. Amen. Exploits of wisdom. And I'll start by defining what wisdom is. Wisdom is defined by the Cambridge Dictionary as the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. The ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. It is also the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. The ability to judge correctly 
and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. So from this definition, we realize that wisdom is not the same as knowledge. When we talk about knowledge, we are talking about becoming aware or familiar or gaining information about something. Becoming familiar or gaining information about something. So that means that you might have knowledge about something, but that doesn't mean that you will use your knowledge to uh, make a wise decision. You might not necessarily use the knowledge that you have gained to apply wisdom to a situation when you encounter it. For example, we know that smoking is bad. It's a knowledge that we have. We know that drinking alcohol excessively is bad. It's a knowledge that we have. But yes, so we see that people smoke. We see that people drink alcohol excessively. In fact, in my, in my course as a pharmacist, in every disease that we, we treated clinically, when they ask you about the risk factors of the disease, if you don't know any risk factor at all in an exam room, at least write alcohol or smoking and you get your marks. So that means that every single disease that is found on this earth, alcohol and um, smoking are risk factors. But yes, so people know this and yes, so they still smoke. In fact, we see more medical people drinking alcohol more than those who are not even in the medical field. Amen. We know that it is wrong to jump the red light when you come to the traffic. But sometimes you can bear with me that when you are in a hurry to go somewhere, you see the yellow, the red will just stop. You are the one who is supposed to stop. But then you quickly accelerate and then you move on. It can cause an accident, you know. But then at that time, because you are in a hurry, you lose sight of that knowledge and then you don't use it. You, are, you, don't, you don't apply wisdom to it. We know that fornication is bad. We know that adultery is bad. It can wreck a home. It can bring infections. But yes, two people go into it. So that means that the fact that you have knowledge does not mean that you apply it in wisdom. But I pray for everyone here that it will not be said of you that you are full of knowledge, but it does not reflect in your life. There are some people who have gone to school, attained so many degrees, and sometimes you hear someone telling them that I cannot see the use of all the schooling that you've been to. That means that in spite of the knowledge that they have gained over the years, they are not using it, they are not applying it in wisdom in their lives. When it comes to decision making, they don't see its relevance. But I pray that this morning that will not be your story. I pray that the relevance of the education, the relevance of the teachings that you have received in your home from your parents, from your family, the relevance of their schooling, it will be made relevant in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if our wisdom is based on knowledge, and then the knowledge we attain is by information. That means the kind of information that we receive is very important. There are so many diverse ways by which we receive information. We hear information from the people around us when they speak to us. We get information from the media, from the um, Facebook, from WhatsApp. So much information are coming to us. Some of them come intentionally. Some don't come intentionally. Sometimes you are passing somewhere and you will hear something or you see something on TV. That was not intentional. But then uh, the information has come to you because you were there. So information comes to us in so many ways. But it's not every information that we are supposed to receive in our spirit so that we use it to make decisions in our life. So in the same way, when... An example is taking Adam and Eve, for example, when they were in the Garden of Eden. We realized that they had been in a relationship with God. Every day in the cool of the day, God will come to them and God will talk to them. I'm sure he was telling them about his plans for them, how he wanted them to do in life. But then there was a time that the serpent came in, the devil came in, and Eve gave a listening ear to the devil. 
And by giving in a listening ear, she got the information that she can be wise by eating of the fruit of knowledge and evil, something that God had told them not to do. And the moment she ate it, she realized that she had made a mistake. And their relationship with God was severed from that day onwards. In the same way, sometimes when we receive information and we do not see it, as we come to church every day, we are hearing the word of God. But mind you, people will come with information that is contrary to the word of God. And if you receive that information, if you let it be established in your heart, if you make decisions based on those that are not godly, like the way it happened to Adam and Eve, it can severe your relationship with God. It can cause you to make a mistake that sometimes you want to erase, but you will not be able to erase. But I pray that that shall not be your story. I pray that whatever information that you receive, you will open your eyes to decipher whether it is of God or not. If it is not of God, may the Lord give you the grace not to take it in Jesus' name. You see, in, the, in uh, Matthew chapter 13, in the parable of the sower, when Jesus Christ was speaking to the people, he talked about the word of God being like a seed. And he talked about the different kind of soils that the seed could fall on. He talked about the fertile ground. He talked about the wayside. And he also talked about those that fell among the thorns. But he said, for those that fell among the thorns, the thorns choked them. By the, and the thorns refer to the curse of this world and then the, 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 the curse of this world. And you see, just like how the word of God is likened to seed that were being sown among thorns, you can also let the bad information that you receive be choked by the word of God that is in your heart. It is not every single word that you receive from anywhere that you just allow to be implanted. You have to weigh it with the word of God. It, if it is contrary to the word of God, you have to let the word of God in your heart choke it. That means that you daily you have to expose yourself to the word of God so that out of it you'll be able to receive the right information into your heart so that you do not make decisions just like Adam and Eve. That will severe your relationship with God. Amen. So this morning I pray for you that if there is any voice in your life that is deceptive, that comes to draw you away from God, may the Lord cut you off in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord will close your ears to every bad information in the name of Jesus. Any voice that will come to destroy your marriage, any voice that will come to destroy your children, any voice that will come to destroy your business, today may the Lord cut you off from such in the name of Jesus. I would like us to turn to James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. And I read, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him shew out of a good conversation his works with, me with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strive in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Amen. Now from our test, we realize that two types of wisdoms are being mentioned here. We see the wisdom of this world, and then we see the wisdom of God. I'll start with the wisdom of this world. Now the wisdom of this world, simply put, is wisdom that is not Christ-centered. 
It is selfish. It is self-focused. It seeks to please yourself, even if it is at the expense of somebody else. We see it exhibited in the works of the flesh. So we saw things like envying, strife, bitterness. Those are things that when you engage in, they are contrary to the works of God because they, they are contrary to the fruits of the spirit. And so we see them exhibited in things like homosexualism, adultery, anything that you would do to gratify yourself or find pleasure in. Whether it will bring glory to God or not, you just do it. Those are sensual, those um, decisions are sensual. They are based on the wisdom of this world. And when you go to Genesis chapter 11, verse 4, there's a story there that talks about how the wisdom of this world was exhibited. It was seen in the building of the Tower of Babel. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, when God created heaven and earth, and when he formed man and he blessed them, he said that they should be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. They were to spread over the earth. But then in Genesis chapter 11, we see a group of people who were traveling, and then they come to a point, and then they say that they don't want to spread over the surface of the earth anymore. They want to stay together and build a tower that will reach high up to heaven and then make a name for themselves. Not a name for God, but a name for themselves. That means it was something that was self-focused, something that was to promote their agenda. But when God saw it, he was not pleased with it because in Genesis 1:28, that was not the mandate he gave to them. So God decided that he would scatter them. And so he sent confusion into their mess. You see, in this life, there are certain confusions that come in our life, not by the devil, but it's because we make decisions that are contrary to the will of God. For example, for example, if you're a lady here and you're about to marry and you're marrying based on outlook, you see somebody who looks like one of the superstars in the television novellas that you watch. Somebody who has a long hair, when they shake it, after swimming, there's water swimming all, all over, like the way we see it. Someone who is muscular, someone who has a car, has a nice house, and based on that, you marry the person. You do not look at what is inside, whether the person fears God, whether the person is godly, whether the person exhibits the fruit of the spirit. You just marry. And then after some time, you realize that the car was on a loan. The house was rented. The person was working in a bank. And then the bank collapsed. And the person comes home. And because the person does not have the fruit of the spirit within them, then when the, because there is confusion, he starts exhibiting the fruits of the works of the flesh that is within him. He starts going home, coming home late. He starts going out and coming home late. He starts beating you. You see, that confusion has come into your life because you decided to choose a husband based on the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world is such that when they see, when they see the outward appearance, when they see you working with him, they will applaud you. But you are the only one who knows what you face when you go to your house. But I pray that that will not be your portion. Amen. I pray that the Lord will deliver you from such wisdom. Amen. Now, another example is Lot. When you go to Genesis chapter 13. See, when Abraham was sent, when God called Abraham and he was traveling, Lot went with him. And as they were traveling, they got to a point where their headsmen their, their cattle were many. So their herdsmen began to fight over the pasture that was used to feed the cattle and then their sheep and all that. 
And then one day, Abraham decided that it's best that they part ways. Once you move, whatever part that Lot will choose, then you will also choose the other side. But honestly, I was surprised at Lot because, you see, maybe it's my African bringing. But if you are with your uncle and you are supposed to choose something, normally you will let the elder person choose first before you also choose. But Lot decided that in his own wisdom, he didn't tell his uncle that, oh, choose first. He said that, okay. And he looked up, and when he saw the part that was green, that was good for his cattle to grow. The Bible says he chose, he chose all those parts. And then Abraham also chose the other side. But you see, he did not consider the fact that the place that he chose was near Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that he went and he, he, has, his, he went to establish his tent near Sodom and Gomorrah. And realized that as the story goes, as he was near Sodom and Gomorrah, a time came when he was now in Sodom and Gomorrah. And when Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, he lost everything. Everything that he was, he was, he had desired to grow, his properties, his pasture, his cattle. At the end of the day, he lost it because he chose a side that looked so green. But he did not look at the future. He did not look and to see further beyond what um, Abraham was seeing. Amen. And so he lost everything. And sometimes that is how life is. The wisdom of this world is such that you want to make it fast. You want to acquire things in, so, in a way that everybody will see and then applaud you. But sometimes we do not look at the consequences in the future. And then it brings to us pain. It brings to us um, distraction. It brings to us confusion in a way that we are not able to erase. When you look at Lot, at the end of the day, he lost his wife. And aside that too, his children learned vices. They got to the point of and making him drunk so that they would sleep with him and bear children with him. Those were vices that they learned in Sodom and Gomorrah. So that means that his life was almost utterly destroyed because he chose in his eyes something that looked good. But I pray for every one of us here that may we not be led by our eyesight, may we not be greedy in this life. The Bible says that in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11 that this honest money dwindles away. But he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. And so when you indulge in things like make rich schemes, when you do people in order to make money, when you put down your body, sex for grace, like the ones we are seeing in the news now, because you want to make it so fast in life, you do not learn and you sleep with people just to get to a place, or when you go and sleep around with people just to gain employment. Know that anything that you use such vices to gain, you have to use those vices to sustain them. And a time will come. They are like seeds that you are sowing in your life. A time will come where you have to reap the results of it. And when you reap the results of it, normally it brings utter destruction unless the mercy of God locates you. But I pray for you this morning that it shall not be your story. I pray that you will learn to wait on God so that he himself will lift you up as he did for Abraham in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I'd like us to go to the wisdom of God. Now, when we talk about the wisdom of God, it is based on Christ. And so, when you read Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Most High is understanding. So, that means that the moment you accept Jesus Christ into your life, 
you start going in, you, that, that is the beginning of your wisdom in God. And so as you expose yourself to his word, through his teachings, through coming to church every day, it's a way by which your mind is being renewed. So you are growing in your wisdom with God. The wisdom of God is such that it seeks to honor God. And so when we read, read James chapter 3, when we're talking about some of the things that the wisdom of God is seen in, they are synonymous with the fruits of the Spirit. We saw things like purity. We saw things like peace. We saw things like gentleness. Those are the things that glorify and lift up the name of God in our lives. But the question I want to ask you today is, when we consider the number of years that you have given your life to Christ, is it the same as the way in which you have grown in your wisdom with God? When you are making decisions in your life, can it be said that I know you have been attending church since you were young? Or I know you have been attending church for the past 10 years, but do your decisions reflect it? And I want you to turn to the person by you. How old are you when it comes to your wisdom in God? Does it reflect in the life, your life in Christ? And please listen to the answer the person will give you. Amen. And I pray for us all that it will reflect. Amen. Now, the wisdom of God is such that it helps us to build solid structures that endure. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, they will help me out with it. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. The Bible says that through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. Now, when we talk about a house here, we are talking about structures like our marriage, our children, our business, our career, the relationships in which we are in. Now, it's like a building, blocks that we are putting on to the point where we get to the roofing level. So the material or what you use to build will determine whether it will be able to stand strong and stand the test of time when the pressures of life come. And when I talk about this, I'm talking about the decisions that you make. Every single decision that you make concerning your marriage, concerning the raising of your children, concerning your business, concerning your career, it is a building block. You are building upon what you are you're building. It is a gradual thing. But the question I want to ask you is, what are you using to build? The decisions, what decisions are you using to raise up your children? What decisions are you using in your marriage? Are you listening to things that are contrary to the word of God? Is it based on the wisdom of God? If you're a husband here, do you love your, life, your wife based on the wisdom of this world? You know, the Bible says that we should love our, our wives. But it's not easy, especially, for example, when you're a wife and you are moody and your husband doesn't know what is wrong with you. I know pastor goes through it sometimes. And you don't know what is wrong with you. Your husband doesn't ask you what is wrong. Say, oh, I'm okay. Meanwhile, your countenance doesn't show that you are okay. You are moody. You, you don't smile at anything. You easily get angry. I know sometimes they wish there was a remote control that would just open our heads so that they will know what is going on. But the Bible says that you are supposed to love in spite of. And love is patient. Love is kind. Love endures. When you go to 1 Corinthians 13, the things that love entails, sometimes I look at it and I say, husbands really have a lot of work to do. Amen. And when you take yourself as a wife, you must ask yourself, am I submitting to my husband as I'm supposed to? Do I honor him? Or is it that when he says one, and then you also say three? Or when he says five, then you say ten? You see, it is not easy to submit sometimes. But, <laughs> amen. <laughs> it is not easy to submit sometimes. But that is what God requires of us. 
And when we submit, it builds our marriage. It builds the bond that is between us. And I pray that God will grant us all that grace. Amen. Amen. If you are a parent here, are you raising up your children in the Lord? The decisions that you make, do you discipline them? Do you have time for them? Do you find out what is going on in their life? Those are decisions that you have to take intentionally. If you are passive about it, they also grow up passively. And one day you grow up and you realize that they have grown up with vices that you never expected them of. They become a disgrace to you. But you have to make intentional decisions that this is how I want to see my children grow. This is how I want to see my marriage grow. This is how I want to see my wife be. And whatever I will do, I will take decisions that will help that thing to come to pass in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 1, it says that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build. If the foundation is not based on God, whatever you are building, do nice, no matter how nice it might look at the beginning, a time will come, it will start toppling over. And when it happens like that, you might not be able to go back and erase what you did in the past. But I pray for every one of us here that may we build solid structures. In our marriages, may we build based on the wisdom of God. In our children's lives, may we raise them up based on the wisdom of God. I pray for everyone here, whatever business you are in, I pray that by the wisdom of God, you will build it up. I pray for every one of us here, that none of our children will go wayward. But in the wisdom of God, they will all be raised up in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and give the Lord a mighty clap of praise. Another thing that wisdom brings to us is that it brings wealth and honor. When you go to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18, the whole of Proverbs chapter 8 is the call of wisdom, the call of wisdom. And in the verse 18, it says that riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and honor and righteousness. When we talk about durable, we are talking about something that is enduring. It is able to withstand time. And you see, there are riches that come and endure. And there are riches that come and they are fleeting. There are riches that come and it comes with joy. And there are riches that come and it comes with sorrow. But I pray that as we are endued with wisdom and we are endued with riches in life, may it be with joy and with the peace of God. Amen. The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord it make it rich and it, it added no sorrow to it. So that means that any time you make decisions that are based on the wisdom of God, if you make your riches, if you make your life based on the wisdom of God, you increase in riches, you increase in honor, your name become great, you are honored, you are glorified. And because it is based on God, it is something that lasts, it transcends time, it transcends generations. In the name of Jesus, but it's, you have to this is something that you have to make a conscious decision to be able to do when you take a man like solomon for example in first kings chapter 3 verse 5 to 12 you see solomon was the son of a great king so um david uh, the great king david david was a, pop, a popular king he was a great king somebody that had had done so many exploits in battle and in so many ways and he was being given the opportunity to reign after his father and after he made some sacrifices in first kings chapter 3 verse 5 downwards when God came to him, he asked him to ask him of anything that he wanted. And when he asked him, Solomon asked for wisdom to be able to rule the people that had been entrusted to him. 
that was fulfilling purpose. He did not seek riches. He did not seek honor. He did not seek the death of his enemies. But he sought for grace. He sought for the wisdom to be able to lead God's people. Anytime you could put God's agenda first in your life, anytime you seek God first, anytime you put the things of God first in your life, riches, honor, prosperity, the things that people run after, they come to you. And so anytime you are given the opportunity to make decisions, make sure that you are doing it based on the wisdom of God. Make sure that it is decisions that will bring honor to God. Make sure that it is decisions that will glorify God. If it is contrary to them, you may get them so much within a short period of time, but it does not last. A time will come where you will lose everything. Take the some of the superstars we know. We know that some of them become so rich suddenly. Their names are all over. And then within a short period of time, you don't hear of them anymore. Some of them go bankrupt. Some of them even commit so much, they commit suicide. And you wonder after all the money that they got, how can they commit suicide? Because sometimes for some of us, we think money answered all things. No. It is the peace of God. It is the joy of God. It is the knowledge of God that is able to sustain you. But I pray for us all. That by the wisdom of God, we will increase in wealth. I pray that God will give us wealth that will come with no sorrow attached. I pray that God will grant us wealth that will come and endure, that will transcend generations. I pray that God will bless us with businesses that will move from generation to generation. I pray that God will lift up our name so high that it will transcend the borders of Ghana. It will transcend the borders of Africa into the continents of this world in the name of Jesus. Amen. Another thing that the wisdom of God brings to us is that it makes our enemies to fear us. Amen. I would like us to turn our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14 to 15. And the Bible says, And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. Amen. And you see, David was crowned king at a very tender age. And even though he was crowned king, there was another king there. And when he killed Goliath, the people gave him fans. The people were happy with him. And you can imagine being crowned king in waiting. And you have a king who is on the throne, who sometimes appears to be behaving mad. And for example, when somebody is sitting there playing a harp and then he throws a javelin, I mean, if his servants are around, they, they see it. They are likely to say that this, this man is mad. And they knew that there was something upon David. From the time he killed Goliath, the way they started hailing him, they knew that something, God, David had been anointed for something great for them. And David could have taken that opportunity to kill, David, um, to kill Saul when Saul decided to make him his enemy. But realize that David still submitted to Saul. He served in his palace. He served in his army. He did not rebel against um, Saul, even though Saul was after him. When you read 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 4, there was a time that when Saul was pursuing David in the caves, it got to a point where Saul was sleeping and his men were also asleep. Even though he had so many guards around him as a king, they fell asleep. May the Lord cause your enemies to fall asleep. Amen. So his, his men were also asleep. And David got the opportunity to kill him. Even the men that were with David said that this was an opportunity God was giving him to kill um, Saul so that he would be king. 
But he said, no, he will not touch God's anointed because he knew that was not his appointed time. Even though he knew that he was going to be a king in Israel that way, he knew that it was not the right way for for him to become king. And so he waited. And because of that, Saul was afraid of him because Saul saw that God was with David. And that is how it is. When you pursue your enemies yourself, God God does not pursue them for you. You must learn to pursue your enemies on your knees. You see, life is such that, especially when you are in the corporate world, you'll be faced with people who hate you. Sometimes you don't know the reason why they hate you, even though you are even working for your good. Especially when you work for a boss who is not very pleasant. I have been in that situation before. Where somebody can hate you so much that they can fabricate stories against you. And I remember I worked with someone like that and one day I decided that I was going to report him to the CEO all the things that he had done in the company. So that because he was doing a lot of dubious deals. He was an auditor. So I said I was going to report him because he had gone to fabricate a lie against me. And that morning I had sat down and planned that the way I was going to say that thing when I sit in front of the CEO, how I'll make my face so that he will believe me. And then in the morning when I was about to go, pastor says that when I go, I shouldn't say anything. I said, oh. I was like a deflated balloon because what the man did against me, I was so hurt. I felt like he had destroyed my reputation. But you see, when pastor told me, thank God for good counsel and good husbands. So, amen. So I listened to him. And when I went back, as time went on, and I thank God my own was short. It didn't take too long. No, no, he was involved in dubious deals with some accountants, and one of them just went to report him. And the shame was so great that it even became a police case. He was arrested. If I had gone to report him, honestly, the pain he went through would not have been like the way he was going through shame. So I thank God that I waited. But you see, life is such that we must learn to, it's the wisdom of God for you to fight your battles on your knees. Like David, we should not pull people down in order to go up. We must learn to allow God to lift us up himself when our time is due. We must learn not to cheat in order to make it to the top. Hallelujah. I pray for every one of us here. I don't know whoever has been told that there is a call of God upon your life. Sometimes in a bit to make it so, to become popular, we tend to rebel. We we do not submit as David submitted. But when you submit, you submit under the feet of your shepherd. When you submit, when your time comes, God will glorify you. And he will lift you up so much higher that nobody will be able to bring you down. You realize that because of the action that David took, when it was his time, when Absalom decided to rebel against him, God did not allow Absalom to kill him. He couldn't kill his father, even though at that time his father was old and feeble. But God shielded David because when he, when he was given the opportunity to kill Saul, he did not kill him. He waited for his time. And so anytime you wait for your time in life, anytime you do not take shortcuts, as we learned yesterday, if you don't take dubious means to get to wherever God has purposed for you, if you do not cook your own miracles, God God himself will come for you in the name of Jesus. I pray that that will be our portion. Amen. Now we'll look at practical ways to grow in our wisdom with God and then spend some short time in prayer. The first way by which we can grow in our wisdom with God is by daily devotion. By daily devotion. And I'd like us to turn our Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. 
Joshua 1 verse 8. The Bible says that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but shall, thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There is good success. There's prosperity that can come to you when you become a student of the word. Every day you must find time. Life is such that if you do not consciously make a time, decide that you are making a time to study the word of God so that it will be implanted in your heart, so that you will make wise decisions based on them. You will not have time to study your word. As we are given opportunities to come to church, they are all opportunities for us to be able to hear the word of God so that they will be implanted in us. Because the Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. And you are the decisions that you make. So if you fill yourself with the word of God, if you stay daily, it becomes a part of you. But I pray that we will not see daily devotion as something for children. But we ourselves as adults, as we grow in Christ, it will become a part of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Another way by which we can increase grow in our wisdom with God is through godly company. Godly company. And Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says, Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. So the people that you, you engage with, the people that you are with from day in, day out, the people that you take counsel from, the people who advise you when you are going through certain issues in your life, if they do not have the word of God in them, if they are not godly and they are rather of the world, you realize that they will fill your minds. They will always tell you to take the shortcut or the easy way out of situations. And those things do not help you to grow in your wisdom with God. And you will make decisions that can bring confusion and distraction in your life. But I pray for you that if there is anyone here, as I'm speaking to you, God himself will, will identify to you some friends who are in your life that you know they do not give you counsel. May the Lord cut you off from such friends in Jesus' name. And I pray for your children as well. As they go to school day in and day out, may the Lord surround them with the right company. May the Lord deliver them from the people that are not right, that will not give them good counsel in the name of Jesus. Another way by which we can grow in our wisdom with God is by loving Jesus with our heart. And when I talk about loving, I am talking about passionate love. You see, there is love and then there is passionate love. When I talk about passionate love, it's something that is, is like on fire all the time. You know, the way Valentine's Day is, the way they try to stir up our love so that you always want to do something nice for your, for your beloved or your spouse on that day. That is the kind of love I'm talking about. The kind of love that is so passionate that every single day you seek to please God. You seek to walk in his commands. You seek to walk in his counsel. And when you do that, it will compel you to walk in the way that is right. It will compel you to know him and to know his desires. And when you know him, you are being filled with his wisdom. And so every single decision that you make, you make it based on his wisdom. And you realize that your life will be growing from glory to glory. Like the, shine, the, the first gleam of light, it's, your life shines brighter and brighter. And I pray for us that God will stir up a love in our hearts so passionate that nothing will be able to take it, take, let it grow cold in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last one is, the other one is to stay planted in God's house. Planted in God's house. And it's Psalm 84 verse 7. Psalm 84 verse 7. The Bible says they grow from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. So as you come to church, 
on, on Sundays, as we come on Tuesdays, as programs are being organized, there are all ways by which we are being exposed to the word of God so that the word of God will be implanted in our hearts and then we'll be able to make wise decisions. The last one is to honor our parents. That is both physical and spiritual. And from that, I want us to read Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. This was Solomon writing. He said, My son, if thou would receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, lift up, up thy voice for understanding. And it goes on with so much of the benefits of wisdom. You see, this is a call of a father to a son. And in the same way, every day we have our parents talking to us, both, both our spiritual parents and our physical parents. For our physical parents, there are certain things that they have gone through over the years. And based on it, when they see you going a particular way or making a particular decision, especially the godly ones, they can tell you that this path that you are taking, Kwejo, I know that this is where you will land. But sometimes we have become so hard-hearted that we do not listen to them. But today we see Solomon talking to his son. If you will incline your ears to the wisdom of your parents. It will help you to grow in the grace of God. Amen. And you must be able to listen to your spiritual parents as well. Anytime you come and you are taking a course, a decision in your life, and you put it before your pastor, and he, he tells you that spiritually what you, the path you are taking is wrong, we must be able to humble ourselves and be able to receive it so that by then we will be able to grow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Shall we please be outstanding? Amen. Amen. I'd like us to pray two prayers, two different um, two different prayer topics. First, I want us to pray for the mercy of God. You see, as adults here, I believe that there are times in our life that we took a decision that was not of God, that was contrary to the word of God. And because of that, we are suffering the consequences of it. Sometimes, some of them, we want to go back and erase them. But the effect of it is such that we don't know how to go about it. This morning, I want us to pray. You can come to the altar and pray to God for mercy. You are asking God that he should forgive you. Any decision that you took that was not based on this word, any decision that you are suffering from its consequences, that has made life so much of bitterness, of so has brought so much sorrow to you. To, this morning, you are praying to God that God forgive me, and by Your mercy, locate me, heal that situation. He said in Second um, Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen, that if my people who are called by my name, they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Said He will hear them and heal them of their land. I don't know what decision you made in your marriage that has cost you so much. I don't know what decision that you made in your business that is causing it to come down. I don't know what decision that you made concerning your children that your children are suffering from. But this morning you want to pray to God that Lord have mercy. Deliver us from the consequences. Let your mercy that triumphs over judgment speak on our behalf. Let your mercy locate us this morning, oh God. Deliver us from destruction, deliver us from the pain of any decision that we made that was not based on your wisdom. 
The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 5 that any, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. You want to pray this morning that God grant me wisdom, wisdom that is from you. Wisdom that will help me to build my life. Every decision that I make, oh Lord, let it be by your wisdom. Let it be by your word. As I come in day in and day out and I hear your word, let it be the basis for which I make my decisions. Grant me the wisdom to build my marriage. When I'm making decisions concerning my children, God grant me the wisdom to raise them up in a way that is godly and it's edifying. You are praying to God to grant you wisdom to grow your business. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. By your wisdom, may we grow our marriages. By your wisdom, may we raise up our children. By your wisdom, may we raise our businesses.
that by your wisdom we will go from glory to glory. We thank you that our marriages shall be built on your wisdom. We thank you that we will raise up our children based on your wisdom. We thank you that every aspect of our life, decisions shall be made based on your wisdom. That whatever we build with our hands, whatever we build in our life, it will stand sure and stand the test of time. I pray for every single woman here as today marks, as this week marks our week. Father, I pray that whatever endeavor that we find ourselves in, may we excel. May, may none be little amongst us. May we all excel in whatever we find ourselves in to the glory of your name. We thank you for an answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what a word. Let's celebrate the word of God.